hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, ESPN Tucson. All right, so we fixed the issue. We fixed it. The phone, the phone line issue is no longer a thing anymore. So if uh, you want a pair of digital tickets to the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl, caller number one at 719-1490, 719-1490 will get them. Uh, the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl presented by Tucson Foodie is going down this Saturday in downtown Tucson, and it starts at 1 p.m. So Stay drinking. Get your drink on. Get your party on in downtown Tucson. Call right now, 719-1490, and get those tickets today for the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl. All right, we're going to talk some college basketball here to begin hour number two. And then since uh, Saturday is Arizona versus ASU at McHale Center, we'll also run down some notable Arizona versus ASU games. And if you have any that uh, you want to talk about, you're more than welcome to call into the show at 719-1490. You know what else we need to do? What's that? That doesn't have to happen this segment, but it has to happen at least at some point. Maybe oh, we... XFL teams. Yeah. I read your mind. Read your mind. So, Thanks yeah. You're stealing my thunder. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so Andrew um, let all of us know, guys, the XFL is starting. Mm-hmm. We need to pick out teams. Are we going to draft teams or are we going to just let the world know, hey, this is – our adopted XFL team. I draft a team? What do you mean? Like, put all the names in a hat. Oh. And then draw one. It's like, okay, this is my team. But we can do it that L- way, too. Let fate decide, huh? Oh. Let the man okay. upstairs decide who your XFL team is. Like, like a Phil Collins Tarzan song. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that uh, you're you're the Vegas I'm, guy. I mean, but I'm down with a hat pull. Too. You're you're a Vegas Vipers guy through and through. I'm thinking <laughs> since day one. I'm thinking about the 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 Arlington was it the Renegades? The Arlington Renegades based out there in Texas, the and yeah. and Bob Stoops is the head coach. Colin Schooler, former Arizona Wildcat, is their starting middle linebacker, making plays out there. So yeah, I might, I might go with the Renegades, but we'll we'll find out. We're gonna do our uh, our XFL team selection. Uh, during tomorrow's Spears and Ali. Can't believe it's already Thursday. Mm-hmm. And there's an XFL game today. Is there really? Mm-hmm. Who's playing? 7 p.m., the Battle Hawks. The D.C.? No. Uh, oh, my God. The Battle Hawks. Man. Who? XFL playing on Thursday, too. They thought, man, screw college basketball. Who wants to watch college basketball when you can watch professional football? Uh-huh. The Battle Hawks, and, uh, the St. Louis Battle Hawks, and the Seattle Sea Dragons. Interesting. I like this the Sea Dragons. They're leaning into the light green look. It's not quite Seattle Seahawks, but it's it's kind of on track to be uh, interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I like that the XFL is back, and I like that the the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, is the the CEO and founder of it. Uh, I, I think it, the company's in good hands under his direction. But again, spring football, like, has it worked? Has it truly worked? I mean, nothing will ever get to the NFL, and to me, the the product of the XFL obviously isn't nearly as good as what we see on Sundays during the NFL season, but they do have some unique rules that I think um, the NFL could adopt, like their kickoff system. Yeah. So the, the kicker is way back, 
And then the the guys who were on the kickoff team, they're only separated by, was it, five yards or ten yards or something like that? So I think it's five yards, so you can't get a true running start. You take a couple of steps, and you're already hitting the the other guy. And then the the kick returner gets the ball kind of in the back of the end zone. And there's always good field position in the XFL, which I think is really cool. And in terms of player safety, like, kickoff is pretty brutal. Especially nowadays with how players are just bigger, faster, stronger. So to add that kind of healthy element to the game, I think is really cool. And the NFL could could take something from the XFL. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about the XFL during tomorrow's Spears and Ali. And then uh, don't forget, coming up, we have Anthony Totry from PHNX. He'll give us a behind-the-scenes look at the ASU Sun Devils before Saturday's game. And then uh, Dana Scott from the Arizona Republic will be joining us at 525 to talk about the Phoenix Suns and uh, Kevin Durant's timeline to make his debut with Phoenix. Uh, but I, I want to start off this hour uh, talking about you know, what we saw last night in South Carolina. So Alabama, ranked number two in the country, they took on South Carolina. And South Carolina, they're a bad team, right? They're 10-17, and 17, I think. Uh, it was expected for Alabama to go down there and take care of business. But with the distractions, with everything that's surrounding the program, you would have thought maybe South Carolina would really take it to him and possibly pull off the upset. But it didn't happen, even though it was a close game. And South Carolina kept it competitive. Brandon Miller for Alabama was an absolute superstar last night. Uh, when you look at the play on the court, Brandon Miller was everything for Alabama. I mean, he finished with 41 points. Had a posterizing dunk that kind of got everyone in the crowd to shut up a little bit. <laughs> and then he had the game winner as well. And I think, was it overtime? That game going to OT? Uh, but he had the game winner at the end and finished with 41 points. That's a career high for him. It's just crazy that this guy had a career high just days after his name has been thrown around national media, national headlines for his involvement in the murder that took place on the University of Alabama campus in Tuscaloosa. And, you know, Brandon Miller is, he's a a terrific player. Uh, He is a, a freshman that will eventually be an NBA lottery pick, will be playing in the NBA at some day. And I think NBA scouts, they looked at that game last night and said, well, he's got the mental fortitude to play in the NBA. I mean, even with the distractions, with everything going around, he went out there and put up 41 points. He had fans of the opposing team chant, lock him up, and yet he still went out and put up 41 points and eight rebounds. Mm -hmm. On the court, Brandon Miller was phenomenal for the Alabama Crimson Tide. But it was also really hard to watch Brandon Miller lead the Alabama Crimson Tide because of the whole story. And I went home last night after the show, and I started looking at some more details that were released. And I didn't know this yesterday, and I certainly would have mentioned this. But when Darius Miles, he's the guy who's charged with capital murder in this whole thing, the former era, the former Alabama basketball player, who's you. yeah, sorry, um, just force a force not force a habit talking about criminals, but uh, force a habit here in Tucson, Arizona, if you're so used to saying Arizona. But the former Alabama basketball player, 
Darius Miles, he actually texted Brandon Miller saying, I'm in an altercation with somebody. Pretty much like along those lines. I need I need my gun because I'm probably gonna need it for somebody. And then Brandon Miller then said, Okay. And delivered the gun to him. And told him that, okay, the heat is in the hat. I, I left the the gun. You know where it is. And that's where Darius Miles went and retrieved the gun, which was then used to to kill a twenty three year old woman, uh, who is also a mother. And a daughter and a friend, a family relative who would no longer see their family. And imagine, like, what her family was was going through last night. Watching Alabama, watching this guy, who in some weird way was connected to her killing. Right? Brandon Miller, he wasn't the one who pulled the trigger. You know, and he he didn't know maybe exactly who was going to get killed or murdered. But at the end of the day, here's the principle. He knew what was going to happen. He, As a matter of fact, he knew that this, this situation could have unraveled with his teammate. And I know that he's a young man and we all make mistakes as young people. But Brandon Miller could have prevented this young woman from getting killed. He could have prevented his own teammate from from ruining the rest of his life. And I know that sometimes we don't make the the most mature decisions when we're 18, 19, 20 years old, but I think about the person I was at that point, and if I had a friend come out to me and say, hey, by the way, you have my gun, I need my gun right now because I need to handle a certain situation. Well, what do you think he's talking about? He's He's not talking about targets out in the middle of the desert, that kind of situation. No, he's talking about hurting somebody and potentially killing them. Obviously, in this case, it did kill her. And so, Brandon Miller committed the act of supplying the killer with the weapon. And I know it's not Brandon Miller's gun, but he still did it. He still delivered it, and this is what it resulted in. And in some way, he is responsible for this murder. Now, according to the Alabama law, he's not criminally charged and he's not going to face any charges, but there has to be a code of conduct issue at the University of Alabama. And you know, we've we've heard wrong place at wrong time, and I saw that Greg Byrne went on a uh, on the College Game Day podcast yesterday and pretty much alluded to that they, they didn't know about the text messages between Brandon Miller and Darius Miles until recently, until the last couple of days. I'm like, if you're the University of Alabama, you're the head coach, you're the you're the athletic director, shouldn't you be provided with every source of information possible? And you know that, you know, Brandon Miller could have been connected, so how about you play it safe and suspend him indefinitely, remove him from the team, allow facts to continue to unravel and then you can make a decision from from that point on but unfortunately Alabama doesn't want to do that because they can't stand the possibility of taking away their team's best player the guy that's putting up 24 points per game nine rebounds per game we saw him last night put up 41 and eight looks spectacular 
We can't we can't take that away. You can't you how how could we? We're taking away our best player in a season in which we can win the national championship. Cuz let's let's be real here. National championship window is wide open. Is there a team that's head and shoulders better than everybody else? Absolutely not. But at Alabama, man, they got some dudes. They're a really good basketball team. And Brandon Miller is a really good player. And that's why he will be playing in the NBA at some point, maybe. I'm not so sure you know, what his future holds for him. But it was really hard for me to put myself in the family of the young woman who was murdered. And to sit there and say, man, this guy, yes, he didn't kill my daughter or my sister or my cousin, but he gave the weapon to the guy. And here he is on national TV putting up 41 points, and they're just skating along as if nothing happened with Brandon Miller. It's it's absolutely, it's really shameful. And I, I know that college sports is a, a billion-dollar industry, you know the the SEC. They always you know joke, they always say it it means more right in the SEC. Apparently it does. Uh, it, it it means more to win a national championship than to do what's right. And Nate Oates had an opportunity to do right here. He had the the opportunity to send a message. Now I know that coaches are supposed to love their players and are supposed to support them. And be with them, especially during rough situations. You look here at the University of Arizona. There have been uh, a lot of situations where players got into trouble. And you know, guys like Lute Olson and Sean Miller, they were there to love and support their players and guide them in, in the right direction. Nate Oates can still do that with Brandon Miller. But he has to understand for optics, you can't have Brandon Miller playing right now. You just you just can't just remove him from the team indefinitely. I'm not saying that you should totally kick him off the team, ban him from the school because let's be real here, facts still need to continue to come out. But you look at the text messages that were exchanged between Brandon Miller and Darius Miles. Brandon Miller knew exactly what was going to happen. And even though he's not criminally charged, he still has to be reprimanded. He has to be suspended or removed from the team for the re- remainder of the season. Because this is not a good look by Nate Oates. Not at all. Um, if you, you want to call in and talk about this, uh, 719-1490 is the phone number, 719-1490. Uh, we really didn't get a chance to uh, get into a first look at the Arizona versus ASU matchup. Uh, we'll do more of that coming up in the uh, the top of the, the 5 o'clock hour. Plus, we'll also get a rundown of memorable Arizona ASU basketball games. Uh, some of them happen in Tucson, but man, I always think about, you know, the, the ones at ASU, uh, the, the game winner by Celine Stoudemire in 2005 will always be one that comes to mind, but uh, Arizona versus ASU, a lot of memorable moments, but a lot of them has been in favor of the Arizona Wildcats. Cause let's be real here. A- ASU is not Arizona's biggest rival in basketball. It's UCLA. Like, Arizona versus UCLA, they've had so many incredible games, series, uh, intense moments. I I feel like you can't really say the same about ASU. I know they had their heyday with James Harden and Pendergraf and all that. But outside of that, Arizona obviously has had ASU's number. Uh, All right, coming up in next hour, we will be giving away another pair 
of tickets to the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl. That is during Last Call. So the very last segment of the show, right around 5.50, in case you missed your chance to win those tickets, we have another chance for you to win coming up at 5.50. But uh, coming up next here on ESPN Tucson, let's talk about ASU. Let's get a behind-the-scenes look at the Sun Devils with Anthony Totree from PHNX. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio, presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. So we got uh, Arizona versus ASU men's basketball. It's senior day for the Arizona Wildcats at McHale Center. And uh, let's get a, a look at what's going on with ASU since the last time these two teams have played. Since uh, checks calendar, December 31st. So nearly two months since the last time the Wildcats and Sun Devils have played against each other. We all know about the changes that's been made by the Arizona Wildcats in their starting lineup. But let's get an update on the ASU Sun Devils with uh, Anthony Totri from PHNX. Does a great job covering the Sun Devils up there in Phoenix. Anthony, always a pleasure talking to you. How's it going, my fellow Chargers fan? It's going great, Justin. Appreciate you having me on, man. Appreciate you. So uh, what can you tell us about uh, the latest with ASU? Because it seems like ever since that game against ASU in Tempe, Anthony, that we've seen a lot of Jekyll and Hyde from ASU. We've seen them go on a stretch where they're winning, and then they take a few steps back and, and lose some games. And it seems like that's been pretty much the Bobby Hurley era in a nutshell. Just when you think things are going good, they find a way to take a few steps back. So what's the latest with ASU, and how do you think they're performing at this point in the season? Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth, right? You never really know with these Bobby Hurley teams. They start off hot in non-conference play. You get the Pac-12 play, and it seems to crumble. And it always seems to crumble right at the end of the year when they have to take on the Wildcats. Now, this season for ASU has been pretty much the same. It's been up and down. If you look at these last five games that ASU has played, they're 3-2 and two over their last five. But the only real win that matters is their most recent win when they beat Utah 67-59 to to pretty much take the tiebreaker for that number four seed in the Pac-12 tournament. So right now ASU is clinging to life at that number four seed because they've got Arizona, and then they finish up the season on the road against UCLA and USC. And this is really still a Bobby Hurley team looking for that marquee win to try and push them over the edge and get back in that tournament conversation. But it's it's been a team that's relied on its defense, but even when the defense has been on point, the offense has just been nowhere to be found. Um, so this is going to be an ASU team that really needs to have its best game of the season if they hope to get that marquee win on Saturday over Arizona. Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed about ASU is that their three-point shooting is uh, very hot and cold. Uh, we yeah. Most recently against Utah, I, I think they shot, was it 24% from three-point range, but they still found a way to win. Uh, how, how do they manage to, I guess, find ways to win even when the three-point shot isn't falling? To be honest, man, it's, it's either their defense or it's hero ball. Um, you look at a lot of these games, specifically that game against Utah, and it was all war in Washington, their big seven-footer. And that's not something you're used to seeing from Bobby Hurley teams is having a guy that size. So it's been a lot of question around Tempe Media just to see, has it been a little bit more of a challenge for Bobby to figure out how to utilize a guy of Warren's size? But in that game against Utah, Warren really took over. 
um, not only with his, his ability to own the paint, but his court vision and basketball IQ was huge. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Warren does this game. He didn't play that much of a role the last time ASU played U of A, just simply because U of A is a lot bigger. Um, so I'm really looking to a guy like Des Cambridge, who has been their go-to scorer uh, pretty much the majority of the season. When he's hot, ASU is hot. But when he's cold, ASU has been pretty bad this season. So you'll probably get a good idea of how this game is going to go. I would say five to ten minutes in, just depending on how Desmond Cambridge and then even DJ Horn, how those two are shooting early on. Now, players always buy into Bobby Hurley. Uh, Bobby Hurley is is a mastermind when it comes to motivating guys and get them to play his brand of basketball. But it really hasn't seemed to get ASU anywhere. So do you feel like maybe Bobby Hurley's days are up, or do you think that ASU is going to find a way to keep him and give him an extension? You know, that's been been the question that we've kind of been rattling our brains out a little bit here. Um, in Phoenix is you love what Bobby Hurley teams do with non-conference play. But like I said earlier, when you get to Pac-12 play, it kind of all crumbles. So it's going to be interesting now that, you know, COVID really isn't an an excuse anymore for this Bobby Hurley team. Um, And looking forward, there's a couple of years, I believe, left on Hurley's contract. We've talked about how there's so much positivity around just the state of Arizona State athletics with Kenny Dillingham and football, Willie Bloomquist and in baseball, Megan Bartlett in softball. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I have no idea. I think a lot is going to be dependent on what happens in these last three conference games. Again, Arizona, UCLA, and USC. And then if this is a team that doesn't get a first-round buy in the Pac-12 tournament, is this a Bobby Hurley squad that gets bounced in the first round in Las Vegas like they did last year? I think yeah. these next four, five, six games potentially, um, and then whatever happens on Selection Sunday, could be the telltale sign of if this is the end of the Bobby Hurley era. You know, one thing I noticed uh, last time, you know, these two teams played against each other in Tempe was that the Desert Financial Arena, it it seems to be a little bit outdated. Uh, What's your assessment of just (laughs) that arena and how it stands right now? Oh, man. Um, I don't know if you can even say it's still standing. Uh, You saw last last year they had to, I want to say, cancel some games or there's just some issues with the facilities in general. I'd say it's time, man. It's absolutely time for an upgrade. You saw what ASU Hockey was able to do with Mullet Arena and how they've been able to have, I want to say, 16 straight sellouts in terms of the student section. Uh, new facilities not only get fans coming out, but they, they make noise in terms of recruits. So if ASU basketball wants to return to, I'd say, some level of prominence, it's probably time to take a good look at just maybe redesigning, um, or getting an entire new facility for ASU basketball in general. So uh, when you take a step back and you look at a, a place like McHale Center, you know, I, I guess you know here in Tucson we're kind of used to the McHale Center atmosphere and, and the environment. As someone who goes to McHale Center once a year or once every couple of years, how would you describe walking into it as a visitor? Oh, it is the premier place to play in the Pac-12. Uh, as a road team, specifically when it's your in-state rival, that is by far the toughest place that Arizona State has to play all season long. Um, and there's only one or two guys, I believe, on this ASU roster that have had the chance to go down and play at McHale um, over the last handful of seasons. So I would say pretty early on on Saturday's game, you're going to, you know, these guys, these Sun Devils are probably going to be a little rattled. They haven't played in a place like this. Obviously, they've played some some top-tier opponents at certain points in the season or their career, but playing a top-10 team in U of A 
on senior day at McHale Center, it is going to absolutely be a, a brutal test for ASU. Is Bobby Hurley still a big Diet Coke guy? Does he still have a can <laughs> sitting at the scores table whenever he coaches? He does. He does. And I don't know if you knew this, but, but Bobby Hurley, in terms of his eating habits on game day, he refuses to eat Wait. during game day. He will not eat until after the game. So if you've got a 9 p.m. tip, he is not starting his very first meal of the day until after that game is concluded. So he's got some crazy pregame rituals, but that Diet Coke is still there. So <laughs> that that that's crazy because I feel like the kind of person Bobby Hurley is, if uh, you know ASU is struggling during a 9 p.m. game, ASU struggling, the referees are making bad calls, and it's late at night, I feel like on an empty stomach you're going to pass out. I feel like that's not healthy oh, if you're Bobby Hurley. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And watch some of these ASU basketball games. With that Diet Coke, some of the way these games have gone, I would not be shocked if, uh, I mean, at least if it was me, if I was a coach at halftime, I'd be asking for some Jack in that Diet Coke. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, well, I mean, U of A, they're selling alcohol uh, at, at McHale Center now, <laughs> so you might be able to get some. Um, there you go. We'll see what the score is at halftime. Um, all right, Anthony, uh, I wanted to uh, get your thoughts on this before we let you go. Uh, you guys talked about this on uh, PHNX Sun Devils yesterday, uh, the the potential media rights deal between Apple in the Pac-12. What do you think just about that little piece of information, and do you think maybe it's time for Arizona and ASU to pack their things up and maybe move to the Big 12? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's a TBD just to see in terms of, what the actual financials look like per university if an Apple and Pac-12 deal does get done. Uh, but I think, in all honesty, it makes sense for both these universities, Arizona State and Arizona, um, to kind of go hand-in-hand hand and, and leave the Pac-12 and join the Big 12. I think there are a lot of benefits, specifically when you look at basketball, to go into a conference like that. You get the Arizona basketball, just the stardom of it all, and then you bring in Arizona State and you get the Phoenix market. So, that's just looking at basketball, but I think as a whole, it makes a lot of sense with the Pac-12 feeling like it's starting to crumble, really, um, to probably pack their bags and, and head on off. But I guess it's it's really just a wait-and-see game. Absolutely. And I know that spring football is getting started up there in Tempe as well. Um, Arizona's uh, spring ball starts right around March 13th. But ASU, they're going to have a very interesting spring ball because I feel like they're going to have pretty much – like an entire new team. How many newcomers are they expected to bring in this year? Um, it's 40-plus. They've got 40-plus new players on this roster. Holy um, I mean, that's it's it's going to be an entirely different-looking team, a new staff, obviously, and there's honestly just a new vibe around ASU football. They start spring ball March 14th, their spring game, April 15th. They're doing it right after the Pats run in Tempe to get as many people as possible to that spring game. Um, so, in all honesty, Arizona State football, it is a giant question mark, but it is going to be exciting to see what they can do. No doubt. Anthony Totry from PHNX does a great job covering the ASU Sun Devils up there in Phoenix. You can follow him on Twitter and find all of his work on PHNX at gophnx.com, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Anthony, you the man, always appreciate you, and more importantly, go Bolts. It's always a pleasure, Justin. Bolt up. Bolt up, baby. Man, no wonder Hurley always crumbles in the second half of the season. His brain is starved for nutrients. Yeah, just aching for food, man. <laughs> Feed me. I yeah. mean, I'm all for it as an Arizona fan, but, like, 
Good God. But hey, you know what? This is really good for him. Uh, that the game on Saturday is at noon. Oh. So the game's at noon, and then right around uh, what was it three o'clock or so, you can make your way over to Mini Dito. You get in between the the lunch and the dinner rush. It's perfect. Bobby Hurley out here playing chess, not checkers. Just saying. Uh, you have you ever braved the the lines at Mini Dito, the weights? Yeah. Have you? My last name is Trujillo, Justin. Okay. <laughs> What's the longest you've ever waited for Mini Dito? Hour 45. It's still worth it. I was hour 25. Yep. And absolutely still worth it. Mm -hmm. All right, coming up next on uh, Spears and Ali, let's uh, talk to Brad Malone from the Bear Down Bias podcast. We're going to have an update on uh, what's going on with Arizona Wildcats basketball and uh, what else is going on with Brad Malone. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Currywurst. I don't know if you've ever had currywurst before. No idea what that is. It's kind of like a hot dog, and then you get curry ketchup. It's like ketchup, just with a little bit of curry. It's pretty good. That's why they call it curry ketchup. I mean, I got that much. Yeah, thank you for the explanation. Thanks, John Madden. (laughs) Now uh, Justin's going to explain why they call it chocolate chip ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's vanilla ice cream with a little bit of chocolate chips in it. It's a jellyfish party here on ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to Spears and Ali. We're talking Arizona and ASU basketball, among other things, with our good friend Brad Malone from the Bear Down Bias podcast. Brad, always a pleasure talking to you. How's it going, my friend? It's going great, Justin. I want to give a congratulations to you and Ali for that morning spot. That's going to be pretty awesome. Oh, thank you, Brad. I'm super excited for it. Um, I you know, I haven't been an early riser uh, lately over the last few years, but I'm looking forward to to making the change and and putting out a great product on ESPN Tucson. It will be, I guarantee it. Yeah, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun weekday mornings here on ESPN Tucson. And uh, with that being said, hey Brad, I hope uh, you're able to wake up at 7:25 to come on the show, <laughs> or 7:40 or 8:40 if you're down. Yeah, I was I, w- I was wondering if we could preempt it, you know, maybe <laughs> record it the day before. No, I, I'll be I'll be happy to uh, I'll I'll wake up. I'll just go back to bed when I'm done with my segment. I'll be sure to uh, reach out to you uh, days in advance, yeah. and st- rather than four o'clock in the morning to see if you're available to come on the show. But <laughs> but um, then I w- but then what I will do is I will listen to it later. I'm not going to just blow it off. You know, so you know that we'll we'll figure out a way, Brad, to to continue this thing in the mornings. But I want to get thank you. I want to get your thoughts, Brad, on the Ring of Honor inductions and and the the qualifications that that it takes to get into the Ring of Honor. Because you know Zeke Naji, and even though he was only here for a year, he still won Pac-12 Player of the Year, was one of the top players in the conference. Um, I thought deserved to win Ring of Honor. Josh Green, um, Olympic medal. Now that's that's something you can't just scoff at, right? That's an impressive accomplishment. Uh, but I I understand why some Arizona fans kind of felt a little bothered that Josh Green was being inducted in the Ring of Honor. How did you feel about that? I like it. I like as many guys as we can get up there um, because I feel like it just kind of helps the brand of Arizona basketball. So when recruits do come in. They see not only is it great for the family of Josh Green and Josh Green himself, but they see the, those names and they're relevant to, to today. You know, they see, oh, Josh Green, I know who that is. Zignaggi, I know who that is. You know, a lot of those guys up there, I know who they are, but an 18-year-old kid, 
he's not going to know. Um, so I think the more people we can honor, the better. Um, I just wish it wasn't so – the way they do it is kind of weird. It's like you have to be born on a Tuesday in February to like it's, – it's like all these weird rules, um, especially with the Jersey retirement. That's even stricter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the more the better. So who do you think should have their jersey retired at McHale Center? Two guys, I think, should he? I mean, probably more, but two definitely. I think Damon Stoudemire is a guy that we got to honor. And another guy that, you know, not as many people think about just because he's older is Bob Elliott. I think Bob Elliott's a guy, mm. you know, not only was he a great college basketball player, he's the number two all-time scorer. Uh, in in uh, Arizona history, but he's also just such a you know a pillar of the community. He's been here his whole life. He decided to stay in Tucson. He loves it here, um, and he was a great basketball player. So he's a guy I think that they should definitely honor, along with David Sommer. But there's maybe some other guys too. But those two guys, top of my list. Well, yeah, especially I mean Bob Elliott. We talk about the being number two in career scoring, but you know I always think about. The 38 point, 25 rebound performance against ASU, and you know that was when ASU was also you know not a terrible team, uh, right? So yeah. you know, Bob, Bob, Bob Elliott was just an absolute monster uh, when he when he was here at Arizona. Um, but, he used to ref my YMCA games when I was a kid. Really? He was uh, yeah. He used to ref the games when, when I don't play. I think our games were at Palo Verde High School, but I remember my dad telling me, "He's like, you know who that is? It's Bob Elliott." So, wow. I kind of know who he is because of that. Yeah, and it's cool too because I, I, you, you saw Bob Elliott as the referee. I saw Bob Elliott as the broadcaster. You know, I would tune on, uh, turn in to uh, what was it, uh, FSN Arizona, where him and Dave Sitton would do the broadcast together. And to me, like that was, that was the pinnacle of watching Arizona basketball. Whenever you watch the Cats play and Dave Sitton and Bob Elliott was on the broadcast, man, it was it was top notch. Oh, yeah, and also, Bob Elliott, there was a time, I can't remember which game it was, but there was one one or two years where he was on 2K or NBA Live, one of those games. He was the announcer for that game. It probably was like 10, 15 years ago. Wow. That's but it was when he was doing those games for Arizona back in the day. That's really cool. All right, Brad, let's uh, move along to the next topic, the historic failure of Arizona basketball. Why is that, Brad? Well, Arizona State basketball, my or friend. ASU basketball. Arizona. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> let me, let me, let me. Bef- okay. Before I, I sound like a national media guy because I know that they always mix up Arizona and ASU. So I, I don't want to be that guy. So thank you for correcting me. <laughs> the epic failure I of know ASU basketball, meant. Brad. <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those things. It's. I saw something earlier today where, you know, in this century, Arizona State or Arizona has gotten farther with a interim coach in the NCAA tournament than with Russ Pennell um, than ASU's ever gotten. And they had James Harden and, you know, they'll wave the flag for those two seasons when Lute Olsen had retired and James Harden went 5-0. and But if you look at it, they just didn't take that momentum of having James Harden and using that to, you know, first of all, the NCAA tournament, but second of all, for recruiting, you know, and, there's been just so many times ASU has been just right on the cusp, but it, whether it was the early 80s, um, and then when Bill Frieder came in, and then they had, they had that scandal, the point shaving. Yeah, and, uh, headache. 
And then it's just ever since yeah, Headache Smith. I mean, there's a really good documentary about that on mm-hmm. uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, that they talk, they go in detail about that, about that whole situation. But it's it's just one of those things like you think ASU, and it's weird because Arizona is such a you know powerhouse in college basketball. It's got to be hard for them, but still ASU does have Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix has a lot of great players. The weather's great unless it's summertime and it's 120. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things that like, you always wonder, like, well, how can they not? How can they not be as better than they are? And I've always thought that about football too, um, especially about football. Um, but um, yeah, just I'm puzzled. I'm not complaining though. I'm glad that they continue to struggle. And I remember one time, Lute Olson had made a comment early in his tenure about ASU. He's like, you know, I wish they were a little bit better. And this is like in the late '80s. And they just never did. They never got better while he was there. So, yeah. Um, yeah I, but, hey, if they want to keep uh, being horrible, that's fine with me. Yeah. Well, you know, I noticed this in Tempe when Arizona played against ASU on New Year's Eve. And I actually, uh, when I was done with work, I decided to uh, get up and take a lap around the arena just to see what it's like at Desert Financial Arena. And uh, the the bathroom signs the where it says, gentlemen's, the light was flickering. And so it looks just like very old timey and just outdated and every everywhere. It was just there. There didn't seem to be anything new. Like when you go to McHale Center, it feels like, yes, this is a classic venue, but it's still updated and it's still kind of new ish. And I know that they've had recent renovations, but man, comparing McHale Center to Desert Financial Arena, it's night and day different. ASU is a complete dump. And I think that with the lack of money and the funding that they have around their program, ASU will never get to a point where Arizona's at, or not even close to it. Oh, no. And the thing, I guess the one cool thing it is about ASU, if there is one cool thing, it is like a time machine. When you go to that arena, you're like, is it 1987 right now? This is this is crazy. Yeah. Or even better, 1977. It's just because nothing's really been updated, like you said. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, she the the, the the media section that has ashtrays, you know, like ashtrays when you're smoking <laughs> cigarettes and you can yeah, you know, put out your cigarette butts. Yeah, they they have those in the That's media like, section. You know, no, I'm just kidding. They don't have that. Back in the day when you, back in the day when you, well, I could remember planes that would you know you can't smoke on planes anymore, but the planes would have the ashtrays still, and then you knew you were in trouble because you're like this is an old plane if there's ashtrays in here. <laughs> All right, Brad. Before we let you go, um, Arizona are they a number one seat? Uh, I think they could uh, argument for them right now, but I eventually I think they're going to be a two. Yeah. I think them being behind UCLA a game and a half with three games to go. UCLA's got four to go, but for UCLA to lose two more games and one of those games having to be against us, um, and then you know they got, Arizona's going to have to beat a, um, USC too. That's not going to be easy. Um, so I don't think so. I think they're a number two seed. But if they're number one, I won't be surprised. But I'm predicting number two. All right, last but certainly not least, real quick, Brad, who's the greatest Arizona State player not named James Harden? The greatest Arizona State player not named James Harden. This is, oh, Mario Bennett? Mario Bennett, okay. Maybe? Okay, I like that. I, I would have went a Fat Lever or maybe Alton oh. Lister. Or... I feel horrible. I should have gone fat lever. Yeah. Tucson and Tucson's very yeah, own. I, Bubble High School. And I don't hold. 
I don't hold that against them because that was before Arizona turned into a powerhouse. Yep, absolutely. And going up to ASU. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I agree with you, Fat Lever, but Mario Bennett was pretty good. He was a stud. That is Brad Malone, host of the Bear Down Bias podcast. Make sure you check him out wherever you listen to podcasts. Brad, always a pleasure talking basketball with you. Thank you as always, my friend. Thank you, guys. Take care and bear down. See you. All right, we have one more segment left of hour number two. If you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson.